believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, Crucify him! Crucify him! And it totally backfired when Jesus said, Forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I believe Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan. And that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven. So that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. That's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you, and I hope you'll join me and all the Blessed to Teach patriots. And let's see what God is doing today. Welcome to Praise and Prayer here on Sunday morning, September 17th, 2023. Can you believe that? Time is flying. Um, I'm going to be uh, live right now um, on multiple platforms using my phone since the, the studio here uh, internet is down. Well, the, at least my new computer that I made when I updated to the new software, uh, which makes it play much better with no jumping of the music, which is awesome. But the bad news is it won't let me connect here this Sunday morning to the internet. So uh, pray for that. For and we'll just pray pray for that right now. In fact, uh, Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for everyone that's um, here uh, enjoying this beautiful Sunday morning where we get to listen to this beautiful worship videos and praise you, uh, Lord. And we just pray that we'll just uh, learn so much in the most controversial um, chapter in the entire Bible, uh, Revelation chapter 20, as we dig in to the new heaven and new earth that's gonna be coming, but uh, the second death, the first resurrection, all these different views, and uh, what you want us to learn from that, Lord, just allow that to penetrate to our souls like your word always does. Um, we love you, Lord, and we present this time to you. We submit this ministry to you, and we pray that the Holy Spirit drops in on everyone that's listening to my voice, everyone that's in this ministry. Lord, we love you, and we uh, submit this clay as you make us a workman of your hands. We love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to dig in. Um, I am live on um, a YouTube channel and this new Facebook group, um, and they censor heavily and won't let me play my music, even though I have a license from the biggest Christian licensing organization in the world that all the churches use. It won't let me stream my original music in these videos, which everyone loves. So if you really want to get the full experience, see me six days a week uh, when you'd like to, you need to be on Rumble, not YouTube or Facebook. So please um, follow me. You'll see that at the bottom of the screen. I guess oh no, I, don't want, I guess that's it's not at the bottom of the screen. Um, that's when I'm uh, on my other shows. But it'll, but it's Rumble, and you want to go to blessedteach.com, just like the website, blessedwiththenumber2teach.com. You just search Rumble for blessedwiththenumber2teach.com. It's the Blessed Teach Show. Okay. Uh, make sure you're over in Rumble. Otherwise, and make sure you're subscribed so you actually get the. Uh, get the actual um, uh, 
notifications when I'm going live. It's five o'clock every single day, Monday through Friday, and then 10 a.m. here on Sunday morning. Um, I'd also really appreciate it if you guys would put the Rumble link on your Facebook since Facebook's 48,000 followers have been taken from me off my page, right? That would be really appreciated. So we'll uh, pray that this um, phone um, Wi-Fi works uh, through this video. Right now, it seems to be doing really well. So that's a kind of exciting. Hopefully no more glitches on, no glitches on the phone. But let's dig in. I'm gonna start by teaching versus going into music just so um, those on YouTube and Facebook can get a little bit of uh, the flavor of the show. And then we'll disconnect um, the actual restream um, before we play the music so I don't get strikes on YouTube and get the new group channel that only has 25 followers on Facebook to not have that one taken down as well. So uh, uh, again, this is a, a beautiful format that, that people are I'm getting extremely good feedback on these beautiful worship videos and you're going to miss those if you're on Rumble or, 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 or YouTube. So again, I'm asking to move over to uh, get uninterrupted and all, all six shows a week on Rumble. Um, let's move over there and make, make it a beautiful place to not be censored and not use these cabal platforms anyway. And by the way, we have also have a Facebook replacement for Christian Patriots where a lot of people are coming and you can download it on your phone, you can put it, uh, you just type in neighborhood.social on your URL on your, on your laptop, or um, just download neighborhood.social, just search for it, neighborhood.social on your YouTube, I mean, sorry, on your uh, Apple Play and uh, the Google Play Store and the Apple Store, okay? That's neighborhood.social. That's the Facebook replacement. Works just like Facebook. It's extremely easy. And that's where my blog is. That's where I'm putting videos uh, up, live videos every once in a while each week. Um, so if you want the full Blessed Teach experience, make sure you're on Rumble and neighborhood.social. All right. Hey, with that, we are going to jump into this teaching right now. Um, and what we have here is Revelation chapter 20. It is the most controversial of all... Um, I'm gonna move, move me up a little bit here, um, of literally all chapters in the Bible because there's so many different views and I'll explain that. And I think it's important. I think God does this on purpose. Just like he does parables. He wants us to think and uh, associate and, and the, let the word of God penetrate into our souls, right? And we can't do that if we're not searching out the scriptures, kind of like the Bereans did, where it says the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those of Thessalonica. Why? Because they received the message with great eagerness and they searched the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So search the scriptures to see uh, what, uh, what I say is true, right? But I'm going to give you all the perspectives. So that should help you um, get a good start and a footing on what Revelation is all about and what time frame we're in now. So I'll wrap this up um, later this uh, next week to dig in to Revelation um, as a whole and show you where why I think the prophets are, are pointing to a time that and where that where it says it in the Bible where the best is yet to come. We're not going to go into this horrible time frame. It's going to look horrible as a prelude, uh, I believe, to the tribulation. And but then we're going to we're going to have the greatest revival, the greatest uh, yet best is yet to come times. And I, I I've showed that several times in this series, but I'll wrap it all up as well on my Monday, Thursday, and Sunday teachings, okay? By the way, this is uh, for, for uh, the biblical new year. We uh, Don't miss that. If you missed it on Friday, we, we um, showed how you celebrate Rosh Hashanah or the biblical new year from a Christian perspective and how it relates to the, these feasts are really important to God and how they 
relate to this. We're in the 10 days of awe right now, about ready to go into Yom Kippur, which is the most holy day of the year. We're in the high holy days right now. So uh, we'll be teaching on that as well. So again, make sure you subscribe on Rumble. Please take this Rumble and share it on your Facebook yeah, because um, we've been, we're, we're, we're now, the 48,000 subscribers on Facebook have been lost. So we'd really appreciate you uh, um, countering that with uh, getting, getting more people to understand where they can find this Rumble channel. And I'll be doing this each time from YouTube and, or and Facebook perspective. If starting on them and then dropping it before I do the stuff that they consider um, against their policies so that they can make money on, on the original music and not... Uh, let the Christian organizations um, fund the pe people. So this is what the game of the cabal that owns Facebook and YouTube do to us. So uh, again, go to rumble.com, search Blessed Teach, Blessed with the number two teach, all one word, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll love this. So let's dig in to chapter 20, the most controversial chapter in all the Bible. I'm going to read the whole thing first, and then we'll start taking it apart a little bit, and I'll do a little bit of teaching, and then we'll get into some awesome music. Awesome worship music. That's his word and worship. We're worshiping while we're reading the word. Again, this is talking about the thousand years. It's going to be talking about the first resurrection, the second death. It's going to be talking. This is um, a, a crux of the controversy of all these different views of Revelation, right? And um, I think you'll, you'll enjoy this because you'll be able to see and be able to decipher and understand why there's these different views. They're all biblically based. I want to make sure you say that. And we should not be throwing others under the bus that take one of these views. I really don't believe that's the case. This is God wanting to search the scriptures. He wants to confuse Satan. So Satan doesn't know exactly what's going to be coming up. So we don't know the exact timing of all these things and what order they're in. That's why it's done in a, in a more of a symbolic way. Right, so let's dig in to the thousand years and in Revelation chapter 20. This is also going to get into the defeat of Satan, the judgment before the great white throne. It's only 15 verses. It's one of the reasons why um, it's so controversial is it talks about a lot of deep subjects with very limited information. And uh, so you have to pull the rest of the Bible in. And that's God's objective, I think, here, is to give us enough information, like a parable almost, and symbolic information, so we have to search the scriptures. Um, oh, and this brings you into 2 Thessalonians. It brings you into Matthew 24. brings you back to Daniel 9. brings you into all kinds of scriptures. If you could spend, we could spend uh, three or four episodes just on this chapter. Um, but I'll try to do it in as much summary information that I think you all will enjoy. So let's dig into the 15 verses. I'll read the full 15 verses first. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their forehead or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Woo! The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. 
Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Now we get to the defeat of Satan, verse 7. And when the thousand years were ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like sand in the sea. And they marched up over a broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented. They, they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Woo, you do not want to be in that lake of fire, right? So this is why um, understanding your Savior and having the blood of Christ covering you is important. Verse 11, then I, this is the judgment before the great white throne. They call this a, the great white throne judgment. Verse 11, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up who were in them and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So even though this is a controversial chapter, right? I'm gonna go back to this other view for a second. Um, it's an extremely controversial chapter, but what can you really take away from the high level that everybody does agree on is that you need to have Jesus Christ as your savior. So you're not going to the lake of fire once you are judged. Right? That, that is extremely important. Now, I believe when people die, they're going to end up being, their soul's going to be into the, the great cloud of witnesses that we talk about in Hebrews. And I believe many people that you've lost, that you love, and even past ancestors that you don't know, that you get, you're going to meet, are going to be up there in the cloud of witnesses um, before this all happens. And that we'll be able to um, love and enjoy uh, our time with the Lord there. But then uh, the actual physical body will be, 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 be together with you at a certain point in time and this the, the points in time and the order of this is where all the all the different views come in and again all these views I'm going to show you are biblical and so when you get a most pastors will take one point of view point to it and then criticize and tell and act like everybody else is an idiot and that is not I believe what God's heart is God's heart is for us to understand um, what this can be and go search out the scriptures ourselves so that we get the Word of God in our heart. This is more about getting the Word of God in our heart than versus trying to predict exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. So I hope that's what you take away from this as I dig in to these different points of view. Okay, and so again, because I, because I want to um, give uh, the Facebook and YouTube people a little bit of time, again, I 
I, I just ask you to please go subscribe to the Rumble channel, blessedtoteach.com, where six days a week you won't have any interruption and uh, no censorship, and they're muting my music on Facebook and taking down the channel. Uh, YouTube gives me strikes, and I and for and I can't those strike that first strike doesn't come off for three months, right? So um, again, we can't play the music on the Cabal platforms, and so get off the Cabal platform. Please come to Rumble. You, you guys will love it. It works very much like YouTube, and, and there's truth there. You can talk about the thing that goes into your arm. You can talk about what happened in the 2020 elections openly and truthfully. And you cannot do that on Facebook and you cannot do that on Rumble. So please, I'm sorry, on YouTube. So please get to Rumble. You'd really So let's dig in to a little bit about what these different views are. And I'm going to start real simple and then I'm going to show you why it gets relatively complex. Okay. So let's jump into that right now. So one thing you could look at is these views of millennial, the, the thousand years that we talk, just, just read about, right? So there's, there's three primary views. Again, there's a lot of outlying views as well, but I just want to make sure the three primary views of just looking at the thousand years and when that's going to happen depends on um, your pre-millennialism. Pre Obviously, that's we are living before the millennium. Right? Then you got post-millennium that says no, um, th that, that Christ is going to come back after the millennium. Right, So uh, uh, the, the whole pre-millennialism says Christ is going to come back before the millennium, that pre, right, pre. And then, then there's this thing called amillennialism, and amillennialism, um, a means not, right? So, pretty, so they, they basically, it's kind of misnamed. It's basically saying they don't believe in the millennium, but they do. They believe it's a symbolic millennium, and we're in it right now. Okay, so those are the three views. It's pretty simple to think through this part of it at the most simplistic way. If you're just looking at the thousand years and when is that going to happen and where are we now and when's Christ going to come, um, you have pre-millennialism, you got post-millennialism, and you got millennialism, right? So it's symbolic. We're already in it. Um, hey, we're not in there yet, but uh, post-millennialism, but Christ is going to come after. And then this first one, uh, pre-millennialism, where there's going to be a tribulation period and the second coming is going to come here and there's going to be a judgment after the thousand years okay um i'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you i'm a pre-millennialism right millennialist millennialist i guess you'd call me um but um, i like to study the other views because i think there's a lot you can learn from them number one and why biblically do they do that and then you're not sitting there taking dogmatic stances on things that i don't think god wanted to make clear because he wants us to search the scriptures and he also wants Satan not to know what's going on, <laughs> right? So I hope that makes sense. Now let me dig into this next one, this next graph as well. Um, this is this one looks at it and it, it, it expands it to where we take premillennialism millennialism, and we break it out into two pieces. So it's really those three I just showed you, but now they just show how premillennialism is, is two separate things. And so I'm going to start down at the bottom. So again, the symbolic millennium, where, where the second coming and the last judgment comes in, and basically, and the whole the whole millennialism says, "Hey, we're in the millennium now, and a thousand years isn't really literal, and so it, it can be you know, like we're two thousand years since Christ, right? So we're already way past the thousand years, but they just think that means a very long period of time. And then you've got the post millennialism here, which uh, basically says, hey, Christ is not going to come. We're, we're going to live through this thousand years. Some people think it's literal. Some think that's just a long period of time. Some post-millennialists still think, um, 
we're, we're living through some of that now, we've gone into it, and that's the second coming and the last judgment. And then you've got uh, these, now, now uh, this, this pre-trib, um, oh look at they, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the po then they have post-tribulation premillennialism, which they now said, hey, there is gonna be a tribulation period. You are gonna have Christ come back before, but the last judgment's back here. And then pre-trib, dispensationalism, and this is, dispensational means organization and, and, and takes things into categories of time. Um, this one, this is the one that I um, probably adhere to now, um, but I'm gonna. But the, what gets really confusing, um, um, which makes this get more complex, you take these three views of the thousand years, right? And then you start looking at all the other stuff I've been telling you about the people that look at Revelation from a pretest view. Everything kind of happened in Revelation. Um, pretty much almost everything happened before 70 A.D., right? Then you have the historists. There's a lot of the reformers, um, um, and they believe that, hey, the revelation is happening over time in the Christian history of the church and the, and the papal, right? And, and they, they believe that the Catholic church, uh, um, the leaders that were pretty evil uh, back then, is, is the Antichrist. They start talking about that. And then, you, and then you've got um, all, the, all these futurists, right? And then so you, got, so you take all those three views, and then you start mixing them with these three views of the, of the millennium, and then you've got all kinds of views, right? And I'm going to show you seven of those. And um, I was, uh, was going to do that later in the teaching after we dug into the verses, but I think before we um, take Facebook and YouTube off, I'm going to see if I can find that real quick the seven here's the seven views so let's talk about the seven views a little bit and this is a little bit harder to see so I'm gonna blow up on it but this is the seven views okay and it's what I love about this chart and you'll have it in the show notes if you just go to blessedteach.com and sign up for the show notes you get these all my Sunday notes on on Tuesday morning right because I do I basically do show notes Tuesday through Thursday for my Monday through Friday show and I take all the weekend stuff um, so I'm not working all weekend. <laughs> You'll get that Tuesday morning, okay? Um, but let's just take each one of these and blow up on, on them a little bit. So there's this idealism view of, of Revelation. And what I love about this, it shows you kind of when it was introduced in church history, right? So this is introduced through Orion's allegorical interpretation in 200 AD. So this is after Rome, uh, no, this is, this is, I'm sorry, before Rome fell, right? But it's after Christ. And it's supported by Augustine, and even later uh, by Mounts in more modern times. And so what does this idealism say? Well, it says, it basically looks at the, the whole history, and it's kind of simple, because it just basically says, hey, you got Christ coming right here, right? You have the Old Testament Israel, then you have Christ coming right here, if you can see my cursor, right? And then the hist history, and then you're going to have, boom, the second coming, right? And then we'll go to eternity. And it, what, what's it say? It says, the book of Revelation and other Eschatological writings are symbolic of the of the continuing conflict of good and evil in the time. They represent the fact that ultimately good is victorious in the end. So extremely simple view of, of Revelation. And I believe that's kind of, in my opinion, extremely naive when you look at all the details that we get in Revelation that we've been studying, right? But that is one of the things that we have. Now, now the next that, that they talk about is historical. And again, this was popular from 1300 to 1800 when they realize you know Rome fell and their history is still going on and they see the the papal doing all these and, and, and all these people that are just trying trying to teach the biblical truth are getting burned at the stake and you know we had this is the view of the Westminster Confession it's the Protestant view and Wycliffe to Spurgeon all took this view this is historical right and this is before Israel became a nation 
Um, and, and right, and it's and it's before we uh, many many of this was before uh, almost all of it was before all the bad stuff that happened in World War One and World War Two. So you can see as history goes on, people have more information to interpret. So um, I don't think you can criticize things for being new words because we have more information, right? But that's what a lot of the, the preachists do. They throw everybody under the bus that believes any futuristic view or views that came later um, when, when in fact that's just more information we have. So why, why are we criticizing that? Well, that should be something we are all assimilating, right? But so, so in this historical view, again, relatively simple, um, they just have a little bit different view. They say the book of Revelation and other eschatological writings prophetically symbolize actual events of history from the time of Christ until his return. The prophecies continuously cycle through events such as the fall of Rome, the rise of Islam, the papacy, the reformation. So again, they took all that information, they had the reformation, they're going, hey, this is what's gonna happen. And they really thought, I believe most of the views here was that, hey, through history, all this stuff has happened Right, and, 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 and now we're gonna move into everything getting better. So, and, and it's kind of like, um, yeah, this tribulation's happening as we're going. And, and boom, we're, gonna, we're all gonna have the second coming, and, and, and this was all before World War I and World War II, right? So you'll kind of see things kind of change. And then you have this preterist view. It's like, hey, all this stuff in, in uh, uh, 63 BC, the, Pomp the, the Pompeii captures Jerusalem, you know, in 70 AD, they completely destroyed it. From 30 AD to 70 AD, this is not in, in uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's lengthening out this, so it's, it's not to, to form on years, but all, just looking at these 40 years, they look at that to be the last days of Israel. So the whole, they look at all of Revelation and everything that's all these details, um, all happened between 66 AD and 70, and uh, really kind of this, when this happened, um, the fall of Jerusalem, um, they, they, many believe that that was really where Christ came and, and was on earth with us. No, not on earth with us, but is, is, is helping us on earth from heaven, right? And that the kingdom on earth, the church age, the millennial view, the new Jerusalem, the new covenant, internal kingdom, we're living in it now, right? To me, to me, this is a completely naive view too because the specifics of Revelation and the fact how, like, like for instance, it, it, it talks about um, Satan being bound already when uh, obviously Satan's deceiving the nations right now, right? <laughs> so, so to me, uh, this is, this is, this is, uh, doesn't hold weight with my study of the scriptures, but there's a lot of scriptural things that would say, hey, if you look at Nero, they call him the beast, you know? But, the, but remember, the beast and the Antichrist are two, two different beings. So uh, again, this view doesn't hold weight with me but uh, bottom line is that there's a lot of people that hold that. And that, in fact, the resistance chicks really believe this and they have a whole uh, you know, 40 plus part series they're doing right now. And it's all biblical because they go, they're going to the Bible, right? Um, but again, I don't hold that view at all. You got the, mil the, the millennial, right? So we're going through the seven different things. Uh, again, uh, back to this real simple look at um, this chart. Again, this is just looking at the three views of the thousand years of Christ, the millennial, the, the millennial kingdom, many people call it. Now, I'm looking forward to being in that millennial kingdom. I think it's in the future. <laughs> it's gonna be way better than it is now. That's what I believe. That's why I'm a pre-millennialist, right? And I believe that tribulation, a lot that's actually going to be literal, just like it was in Exodus. 
right? That's why I'm a pre-millennialist, right? Um, and then there's post-millennialists that say, hey, no, Christ is not gonna come back before the millennium and he's gonna come back after. Hey, either way, I really don't care if it's gonna get better for a thousand years, and <laughs> whether if maybe the second coming of Christ has, hasn't come yet or did, or there's there's pre there's we got raptured or we didn't. Either way, the best is yet to come, right? And then you have a millennialism which says, hey, it's symbolic, which I think is a, uh, most of the Bible is, is got a lot of literal stuff into it. So again, I think um, I, I don't believe I don't believe this as well. But again, these are the three views, and then you take start taking these other type of views that were through the ages, and then we blow it out with this the main the main seven. Okay, so let's go back to this main seven again. So this a mil, a, a millennial, which means not a thousand years, which really means the thousand years are happening now, right? And this began with Augustine in 400 AD, and actually it was accepted by Luther and Calvin. Isn't that interesting? So they were, most of the Reformationists were historical. I think I may have misspoke this a little bit um, before, because um, most of the Protestant view was Wycliffe, Spurgeon, all these people had the historical view. I didn't realize Calvin and Luther actually had the, a that this is a millennial view, right? And you'll see what they believe is that the millennial kingdom of God is now in heaven where Christ is ruling spiritually. So Christ is, is ruling now um, in heaven. And the church on earth is always in tribulation. So instead of having this future tribulation, they think it's always in tribulation. So there's, there, there's some good um, biblical verses that that's going to happen, right? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, right? <laughs> so there's a lot of great scriptures that would, would, would match these. All these have scriptures that can support them. So don't think anybody's an idiot for thinking it, right? I'm giving you my point of view and why I think it's, you know, naive on certain parts. But again, there's some really good parts in it. It makes you search the scripture to find out. Israel is not relevant and was replaced by the church. That's the biggest thing I fall off on this view. Right, is because look at the prophets talking about Israel and America right now, um, and and I believe Israel is incredibly important in this futuristic view I have, and what I believe the the Bible teaches. But um, this view of a millennialism that says that hey, Israel's not relevant, and it was it was replaced by the church, and I just think uh, guys, sorry, there's way too much going on, and the prophets are clearly talking about how important Israel is right now, and then you have this final rebellion, the second coming. The general resurrection of, of all dead for the judgment. Right? That is that is the again accepted by a lot of great 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 men of God, and and women of God as well. Yeah, in in these in these different time periods. Now there's this post millennial view. Again, this was uh, accepted during 11, 1100 to nineteen hundred, and, and a great missionary movement. And um, it basically said everything is going to get better. And, and 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 that we're all going to take over the the world and and this kind of collapsed during World War One and the Depression, right? Because it clearly everything wasn't getting better, right? <laughs> um, and so they they talked about the forty years, the last days. They really believed that a lot of revelation happened before seventy A.D., like the Pretest. And um, they believed as the gospel is preached, Christianity will spread. The world will gradually be Christianized, which will result in societies being better. You can see that's World War One and the Great Depression. Um, this lost a lot of weight. We ultimately achieve a long period of peace and prosperity on the earth under the rule of the church through who Christ rules. And you can see that they talked about they think the tribulation already happened back here in 70 AD. Um, again, I just don't think that's the case, but that's what they thought. Evangelism is gonna gonna basically bring us into the millennium, right? A lot of pretests kind of go in this direction as well, and that we're gonna. Have a center eternal state in a lake of fire. Um, again, 
I like to always talk about what the prophets are teaching now. And the prophets um, clearly are saying that we're going to go through a, a great harvest um, before the, the mark of the beast and the actual Antichrist, right? That's what I believe most prophets are pointing to. And, that, and that's why these other views we're about ready to get to, I think, are, are, are correct. She's bottom two, okay? And this is, um, again, premillennial, classic premillennial. The reason they call it classic premillennial, because now pre means that Christ is going to come before the thousand years, okay? So these next two, dispensational premillennialism, all, all also says, hey, premillennial. So um, Christ is they, these two views, is which I, which I believe is the, is what I uh, I think is going to happen. But again, it's not extremely clear, and God, I, I don't think made it clear for a reason, right? Um, is is they these these two views, um, which I believe probably is most uh, most most uh, believers believe. Now now some now some say, hey, the only reason you believe this is because you want to be raptured, and not go through the tribulation, and therefore you're you're an idiot, right? And so uh, a lot of people attack dispensationalists like myself because they because they think that we're not going to work hard for the kingdom it's like give me a break i know most dispensationalists are working very hard and are and so that's kind of a silly accusation right but let's look at these two different versions okay so classic why do they call it classic because it was accepted from 1100 to 1900 in missionary movement i'm sorry sorry it's down here that 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 was postmillennialism. Okay, here here it is. Is it was it, why? Because it was accepted by the apostles, <laughs> and and really a lot of people present do. We got Arrhenius in 150 A.D. believe this. Justin Martyr in 120 A.D. believe this view. And what was it? And again, since they this is this was so early, many of them believe this. And what they say is that hey, they had they had Christ come in the first. And everybody, look at what the commonality is. Everybody understands Old Testament, Israel, and Christ changed everything, right? We know that, right? He came and he became our savior. We have to, don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. He's the great high priest. Everybody agrees on that. And that we need to have him as our savior, the blood of Christ covering us so that when we get judged, they see, what does the father see? The when, the when we're judged, they see the perfect life of Christ. I don't know about you, but when I get judged, I want people to see the perfect life of Christ, not me. That's one thing, that's just a vital thing that, that hopefully all these views are gonna teach you, is make sure you are covered by the blood of Christ and his death on the cross and you understand you're a sinner and you're gonna go into that lake of fire unless you accept him as your savior, okay? Um, and we will be saying a, a, a prayer for everyone at the, at, the, at the end of this episode so you make sure that you are covered by the blood of Christ and you've accepted him as your personal savior because he's the only way to the Father. That's very clear, okay? Okay, let's dig into these last two views. So we got this classic premillennial and what they say is that, hey, the church has replaced Israel again. That's where I think I fall off now that the, the prophets are continuing to talk about Israel. We've, in 1947, we had the beautiful, we had Israel come together as a nation, even though it been, may have been evil people starting it. The fact is, is that Jews from all over the world came to Israel, right? It's their only place they are not persecuted pretty much in, in many ways, right? And, and so you just go, I visited Israel a couple months ago and you just see the persecution that they had. And even, even um, they couldn't even get back into their own country um, when uh, Britain was putting blockades and when they were controlling that Palestinian area. It's really sad to see the history of this. But they believe um, that 
they believed that, that we were going to have um, Israel does not return, but you have a great tribulation. So this great tribulation is future. So basically, this classic pre-millennial uh, pre pre was basically saying that yes, Christ is going to come before the the, the the thousand years. So Jesus reigns a thousand years earthly here. This is another big difference. Is Christ the Lord going to be on earth with us during that thousand years, or is he going to be in heaven? Right? I believe he's going to be here on earth with us, and we're going to talk. And that's from chapter 20 that we just read. And we'll dig into that after playing some songs, okay? Um, but then you see, uh, that, again, this is an, almost an anti-Israel thing where no Israel blew it. Um, it's, everything's the Gentiles now. Everything's the, 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 the believers in Christ. And, and really the, the bloodline of, Jude, of Israel doesn't matter anymore. The, the country of Israel doesn't matter anymore. Again, everybody believed this before Israel became a nation again. And uh, really, which was prophesied in the Bible. So that's why the bottom one, I believe, is the correct one. But anyway, uh, I want people to think for themselves. And, um, and, that, and that's why I'm showing all these views, right? And then you have this great white throne judgment at the end of the thousand years. And this is a literal thousand years, right? Because there's no evidence to show it's not, right? Now, there's, there's a lot of scripture that would say a lot of, where, where they use a period of time and uh, uses a thousand as a period of time. But it could also be literal. So that's another thing to think through and study. But here's what I here's what I believe, and, and here's here's what most uh, um, modern Christians who take all the information in, including the, the latest history, such as Israel coming together as a nation and hearing what the prophets are saying, right? This and, and unlike some people saying this is extremely modern, this started in 1830s, um, and it was primarily in Eng England and USA. And you had Darby, Schofield, Lindsay, MacArthur, LaHaye, all believe this. And people are saying, well, Schofield wasn't even, and it came out, and this got really popular because of the Schofield Bible. Well, Schofield wasn't um, trained in the seminaries. Well, a lot of the seminaries, remember, were taken over by the cabal. So <laughs> now some people will accuse that this whole dispensational premillennial view were created by the cabal. And Billy Graham, for instance, clearly was funded by many cabal people, as an example, and he taught the, the, the pre-rapture. And so the argument goes, well, they, they don't, the, the average, uh, I guess Satan doesn't really care if you accept Christ as your savior. And this is the, the argument. And just as long as you're not fighting him right now, and you're just waiting for the rapture, and you're not fighting him um, to, to take over possession of the nations, right? And I think there is some, some uh, uh, adherence to that. We see a lot of these big mega churches saying that the Holy Spirit's not active right now and just wait for the rapture and don't fight, don't get involved in politics. And so that is a that is a, a danger in this area, um, and so the whole Left Behind series, which many of my my family came to Christ on, is based on Tim LaHaye teaching this within that book series, right? Um, but I believe, uh, based upon just looking at the scriptures and, and and studying this in more detail now over the last five or six months, I really believe that this is the preponderance of evidence is in this area, but. Heck, there's a. I learned so much about church history just studying the historic way, right? I learned. I learned a lot more about really what happened with Nero and what happened in AD 70, the horrible times that the Israel Jews people went through during that time frame when they literally destroyed the city and destroyed the temple. And I was there at the temple seeing what they, how much of it they destroyed, right? This is really sad. Um, so it's healthy to study all these views, I believe. Okay. And, um, and not to throw up people under the bus because they believe something different. Again, I always talk about the three big rocks. We should unite as long as people believe in the right God, the right Jesus, and the right gospel. 
Satan, I believe, doesn't want you to accept Christ, <laughs> right? That just doesn't make sense to me at all. He, and, and, and so um, that's the right gospel you need. But the only way you can get to heaven is the right Jesus, because there's many false Jesuses that the cults teach and the false gods, so that the even if you have the right gospel, it doesn't matter. You have to have those three right things. Um, but when it comes to all these different views of revelation, we need to unite, right? We need to unite around around um, the, the hoping we have in Christ, right? That it talks about, you know, in 1 Peter 3, 15, it always talks about it. Always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. Right, but do this, in, but do this in gen, with gentleness and respect, right? And the whole whole point is that we all can unite on that, right? We don't have to have the same exact theology, um, and, but we also have to understand the power of the Holy Spirit and what's going to happen and all, what are all the prophets talking about? That power is going to throw through us as we take possession of the nations, I believe. And there's much biblical support we'll be talking about over the next few weeks, okay? But this just talks about you have the church age. The only difference between classic and this is that the, they believe in the rapture of the church is gonna happen before the tribulation. Now, again, there's a pre-rapture, a mid-rapture, and a post-rapture view of things, right? So um, uh, even within this view, it allows for us to say, hey, we agree that some people this post uh, would say, hey, after, that, that Christ is not gonna come until after um, the tribulation, right? And there isn't going to be a, a, a pre-rapture, right? So, and that's fine. Again, God does not make that clear. Now, I think we'll we'll, we'll look soon at a, at a scripture that shows where we're going to meet him in the air, right? So there is going to be a rapture. The question is, when is it, right? And um, then, the, then you have the millennium where I believe Jesus is going to reign with us for a little thousand, thousand years. And then we're going to have the great white throne judgment. Okay, so let's dig into chapter 20 after some songs, and I hope that helped you guys get a little bit of context around what these 15 verses and how different views can be there. But again, very healthy to study them and understand why they're all biblical, and uh, they and people can stand on them. And there are some weaknesses of all of them, right? And uh, there's but there's some uh, um, uh, major messages that come across, which basically, hey, we have a awesome awesome Lord who saved us in his first coming, right? And in that first coming, um, we can completely be in this world, but not of it, right? And we can actually um, be prepared for a, a rapture if there is one. We can be prepared uh, to go through the great tribulation if we need to, uh, because we have him in us. And we can be prepared for with the millennial if it's already happening or it's going to happen doesn't matter right but if we have Christ in us um, and then obviously most importantly we're going to be ready for the white throne judgment and that we're going to have the perfect life of Christ covering us versus our sinful um, deeds in the past you know remember for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God that is the major message of revelation and with that, guys, we're going to get into some beautiful uh, um, worship music. Again, I have to drop Facebook and YouTube. So apologize for you guys for having to do that. But uh, that's what Restream, I mean, that's what uh, the Cabal platforms make me do. So hold on for just a second. Um, I didn't have it up, so here it is. And so, and that last time, this didn't pull people off, <laughs> so I had to go delete it. But this uh, worked, it worked one time and not another time. But I have to go in here and uh, if I, I'm going to pull right now off YouTube 
and I'm gonna pull off Facebook. Go to Rumble. All right, so that should have pulled them off. Maybe I didn't save it last time. That's probably what happened. That's probably what happened. Okay, so now we should be only on Rumble. We're also on Clathub and, and uh, Twitter, but I only can see comments coming in from, from uh, Rumble. So hey, love more comments on Rumble. We have a lot of people follow all the time live, uh, but very few people chat. So we'd love to hit the, hit the live chat on Rumble and ask me some questions or whatever. It's a beautiful day. I am thankful to rejoice in it. I love it. So somebody on Rumble there. Um, all right. So now we have some fun. Let's get into some beautiful music. We're going to be... Uh, I can't remember if we did Resurrection Power last night. Um, I mean, Thursday night. So I think I'm going to go down. I think we did. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with this, this song right here. And get a few things out of the way here and uh, anybody that wants to read let me know and we'll we'll start doing some of that as well but I'm gonna start with this I'm gonna push this up here for day nine and Annette thank you for being here appreciate you guys um, this is knowing the battles one great is your thankfulness I see you do it again this is a deep worship song so just relax and enjoy this points to Psalm 36.5. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness your faithfulness to the clouds. So I'm just adjusting some volume here too. I know the night won't last and your word will come to pass, I believe. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You move mountains. You made a way where there was no way. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you in Matthew 17, 20. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me in John 14, 6. Yeah, we need to make sure we have him as our Savior so that we don't have to go into the lake of fire after the white throne judgment. <laughs> right, let's live in him now. We can see him do it again. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come
gonna do it again. Jesus said, whoever's seen me has seen the Father. Extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Woo! <laughs> Annette, can you read this one for us? I love to. Thank you. <laughs> yes. My God is mighty to say. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. Sephania uh, 317a. He rose and conquered the grave. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. 1 Corinthians 5, 3-6 Shine your light and let the whole world see. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Awesome. Thank you so much for reading that. Right now, we're going to talk about the God who's mighty to save. Again, he rose and conquered the grave, and he gave that 500 people seen it, right, that were alive at the time it was written. Woo, let us light shine. Sing to him, mighty to save. Well, everyone needs compassion, a love that's never been. Let mercy fall on me. Kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. 
midst, a mighty one to say. beautiful <laughs> oh some of these songs are just uh, tear me up um, this is, yeah when you have a relationship with the Lord remember it's a personal relationship it's different for every person he wants to have that personal relationship with you that's why I invite you to the neighborhood right it's neighborhood.social it's where I put my blog of, of how uh, God took me on a journey to go much deeper with him and he wanted me to share that with you so he's sharing with me um, nearly every day um, something that he, uh, I think, wants many people to know that are not in the prof, uh, the, the the office of prophecy, where you can still hear directly from the Lord, um, and you probably won't be sharing these with others, but um, unless He leads you to, but you can really go a lot deeper with Him. All that's on a blog on neighborhood.social. Just go to blogs on the top menu um, from neighborhood.social. But it, neighborhood.social is where we are communing. You really need to be with like-minded believers in this time and that's why we built this platform it's literally a facebook replacement it's a full platform where you can chat just like on 
um, Facebook uh, Messenger, right? We, we can chat with neighborhood chat. And then you also, instead of having Facebook page, pages and Facebook groups, we have neighborhood pages and neighborhood groups. It's again, it's a Christian impactor platform. Would love to have you all join us there. It's also a, a group for written prayer requests where you get people, prayer warriors, praying for your specific prayer requests, right? Um, there's also groups that meet on Zoom outside of the times that we meet. Um, so go to neighborhood.social and I think you'll really enjoy engaging with a bunch of like-minded believers that are awake, love their country, and also, and it's worldwide, they love their countries worldwide, right? About 25% of the people that listen to the show and are on the neighborhood are, are um, international. And it's really awesome to see us coming together as Christian patriots, and we call it the Christian Impactor Platform, right? Uh, I think you'll really enjoy that. I'm gonna dig now into these uh, verses a little bit more. I'll probably just show you real quick uh, this neighborhood. So again, just type in neighborhood.social on your uh, browser and it'll bring you to the Christian Impactor platform. All right, neighborhood.social. And when you're there, there's a menu system. You can create an account just like Facebook and it's a one-time thing, it's very easy to do. And then you'll be able to see your neighbors, which are you know members. You can invite people here. You can uh, see people's birthdays. Uh, so just pretty much everything you can do on uh, Facebook. You can see these groups here. This is where groups, uh, you can see um, when, when you hit groups, it'll show you all these groups that are meeting at different times, um, active Zoom groups. Uh, there's gonna be some B2T sanctioned Zoom groups as well that will be meeting at all different types of the day coming. You can create pages of uh, different um, people, like here's Mary Crowley and, and uh, Carrie's House Ministry with Kent Henry, and, and so you can create your own pages. You can create your own events. It shows you everything that's happening. And we got great guests like Clay Clark and Brian Artis coming on. Mel Kay, other Trey Smith. It's going to be awesome coming up. And then this discuss area is where you can actually do blogs and forums. And the, in the blogs, if you scroll down a little bit, you will see um, other people that are speaking to the Lord and, and posting blogs. But here's mine. It has my full story of uh, the book I read. It's not meant to be a secret. God wants to speak to you, okay? Um, that is where you'll see that whole blog and the story, and you'll be able to see um, what the Lord taught, what my, my discussion with the Lord yesterday, so Saturday, September 15th, as an example, okay? So let's get back into Revelation chapter 20 here, and it says the thousand years, and uh, let's uh, dig into a little more deep, go into each one of these, and now that you know the seven different types of views, we can kind of pick this apart a little bit and, and discuss it. So again, um, the I think we went over the three views pretty well, so I'm gonna start here. So now, now let's look at verse one here, yeah, verse one and two. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So now uh, you can see there, it's just now really the, the whole discussion about the thousand years and when it's gonna happen. Um, and uh, again, the, these pre-millennials talk about this future golden age, crisis on earth, there's no tribulation usually. Uh, and the post-millennialist uh, um, future golden age, Christ, is, Christ won't be on the earth. So those are kind of the, the different, different viewpoints. A millennialist says Satan is already bound. 
which is kind of silly to me to think that Satan's not deceiving the nations right now because it tells us that he's not going to deceive them after the thousand years and so obviously they have to take the stance that Satan's already bound right now. doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> uh, so those are the kind of the, some of the, the different views uh, that you, you'll see there. Um, if you look at Matthew 12, 22 through 32, this talks about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and this is where the Amelius will take this view. They take this one verse out of this, which is to me kind of a little bit out of context, um, where it says the strong man has you have to bind them, right? The strong man you have to bind them, and so, or, so verse 29. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And they take that to say, and this is this context is talking about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right? And they take that to say that hey, this is the verse that proves that Satan is bound right now. And uh, that's very weak, <laughs> very weak. <laughs> so I just wanted to show you kind of where most Amelius will point to from that perspective. But again, you can see at least they're looking at the Bible and trying to make sense of their of, of, of all of what they, they're teaching. So um, all the more power to people digging into the Bible and trying to figure out how different verses can apply, right? Um, now, will, will Satan be here on earth is a big question. So if I just kind of take that, um, one thing I'd like to point out is it says the angel here came down from heaven, right? So he, Satan, so basically he takes Satan here on earth and he, and he chains him up and puts him in the bottom pit he, and he seals it and he bounds him for a thousand years. So the angel's down here on earth, right? That's the first hint to me to show that this is Christ actually beginning to become an earth. Um, and it, and it, and it, because one when, when he's when Satan's gone, he might, he won't be able to deceive the nations any longer. And he's obviously deceiving the nations now, right? We can see that. And so, to me, that's talking about earth on earth, not heaven, right? And then and then when you see in verse four, it says, "I then I saw thrones." Now he's talking about pretty much he saw something come down from heaven. He's obviously on earth having this vision. He sees the angel come down find Satan and then he saw thrones he doesn't say in heaven and doesn't say in earth so this is where the this is where the different views come from and seated on them were those who had the authority to judge and was committed and a lot of those would everybody would say hey no the thrones and, 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 and any judgments going to happen in heaven well this seems to indicate it could be happening here on earth also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the Word of God so we'll get into some of that here in a second but I just wanted to let you know that this is why there's two different views. Views that during the thousand years, whether it's whether it's uh, literal or it's symbolic of a longer period of time, um, the the question is 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 Christ going to be reigning with us on earth or is he going to be reigning with us in heaven? And um, because because remember it says they're going to come to life and reign with Christ for a thousand years. So Satan's locked up. We're still here on this earth for a thousand years, and those that are, are still alive, right? And some people are going to actually um, come to life, and 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 obviously these are probably going to be believers that um, they that came through the great tribulation, or maybe even more than that. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, they'll reign with Christ for that thousand years, so we could have. These awesome believers reigning with Christ here on earth, or they could be in heaven with, with other people that are alive on earth. Those are the two different viewpoints, right? I take the viewpoint that Christ is going to be here with us because I believe that 
Christ is going to come before the millennium, right? That's the difference. And uh, kind of a, a, um, a mute point, though, when it comes to just make sure you have the blood of Christ covering you before the great throne judgment, right? <laughs> you might as well do it before the millennial as well, just in case he comes beforehand, right? So don't delay in accepting the Lord Jesus. That's, that's uh, I think, the most important part about this as well. Now, when we get the rapture, you know, is God going to um, lift up his church and we're going to meet him in the air before the tribulation? after the tribulation or after or after the millennial period those are three you know all different views in fact the fact that there's even a mid tribulation there's a post tribulation, and a post millennial obviously right so a lot of discussion about that so let's look at it's 1 Thessalonians 4 13 through 17 the coming of the Lord and so this uh, 1 Thessalonians written by the Apostle Paul and he's telling us what's going to happen in the future he says but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope so we have this hope that we get to see all our loved ones that have already died we get to see them in heaven right that's part that's what part of this is all about for since we believe that jesus died and rose again even so through jesus god will bring with him those who have fallen asleep so this is the resurrection of the dead right now whether he's talking about the first resurrection or the second resurrection is all you know, different different viewpoints. For this we declare to you a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and the sound of trumpets of God. We were just talking about that yesterday when we celebrated Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. Part of the reason why we blow trumpets, we're celebrating the creation of the world, but we're also pointing to this moment in time in the second coming of Jesus. And that's clearly what this is talking about. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead will rise first. So this is where the, the, the dead are going to come up before those who are alive. But then it clearly says in verse 17, this is where the rapture comes from. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. So this is people who are alive are literally going to be poof, caught up in the clouds with, with Christ. Right? So that is, that's the rapture. Some people say the rapture is not in the Bible. Sure it is. It's right there. <laughs> it doesn't use the word rapture. That's the way we describe it. Okay? Um, but the, now the, the, the big question is when does this happen, right? When is this going to happen? And, um, and uh, that's where you say, some people say, no, he's going to rapture his church. And, and, and uh, then he's going to actually judge at the end. And it's going to be in separate periods versus one period. And uh, again, all kinds of different views, all biblically have biblical support in some way. Uh, point being is that you want to be ready at any point in time. The Bible clearly says that because he could come in the next hour. He could come before this broadcast is up. That's why you want to make sure that you are covered by the blood of Jesus because all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And we need his covering. Right? So if you get into verse 3 and 4, if I go back to Re Revelation chapter 20, and he threw him into the pit and shut it in and sealed it over him, Satan, right? So that he might not be able to see the nations any longer until a thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a while. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. And now talking about this next part uh, gets into thrones. 
Then I saw thrones, and this is interesting. And he seated them on, and and seated on them were those to whom authority to judge was committed. So now we know that other people besides Jesus and besides um, the Father are going to be on on some thrones. So who is that? Right? Other beings, at least. Right? So that's a big discussion area. Um, also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. And it said also here, so we know it's that the people that got beheaded aren't on the seats. right? And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image had not received its mark on the foreheads or their hands. So these are other people that weren't beheaded but probably died during the tribulation. Um, or it could be we're resisting the beast right now in many ways, right? It could be many of us also on these thrones, right? Because we know it's not the, the people that probably died to the, the uh, you know, so are the, are we on the thrones or we are not? That's the big question. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So they just came to life, so you know they were dead beforehand, right? So these aren't the living people on the second coming here. Uh, this is the dead people. Um, and they're not the ones that sit on the throne. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. So who are the rest of these dead? You know, so there's a lot of discussion about that. I believe it's everybody that did not accept Christ. That's who they're talking about because I believe everyone else is going to be resurrected at this time. This is the first resurrection, so that's the question. Are, are we all part of the first resurrection or is it just the people who went to the tribulation? I believe it's all of us. Um, but again, different interpretations. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and Christ. They will reign with him for a thousand years. So who's going to be reigning with him for a thousand years? And uh, again, there's different interpretations of this. But I think this is where we jump to other, other scriptures to learn this, right? So we can look at Matthew 19, 28, where it says, Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you will have followed me, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So now he's talking to, if you look at the context of this in, in, in verse 28, what is it talking about? It's teaching about divorce here, but, it, but it's really getting into, well, about on the 28, it's all getting into the rich and young man discussion. He's talking to the disciples, right? So he's Peter's saying, see, we have left everything to follow you. What will we have? Jesus said to them. So that, so he's talking to the apostles. So who's going to be sitting on those thrones? At a minimum, it's the 12 apostles. But he could be applying that to us as well, right? So that's interesting. So if you kind of come back to, to this whole thing about, then I saw the thrones and seated them were those who, whom had authority to judge was committed. So we're going to be sitting on the throne with Jesus in some, some time, at some point in time. Are we going to be at this point in time or not? That's the discussion, right? Uh, but at minimum, I think this is the 12 apostles as well as Christ, right, are, are on these thrones right here. Um, but w one reason why it might be more than the 12 apostles is not only the fact that that could be discussing and applying it to us like he does many things to the apostles, but if you look at, at back in chapter 3 of Revelation, as behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, eat with him, and he with me. It's talking about anybody who wants to, wants to come to Christ, right? The one who conquers and 
and, and, and I will grant him, and he's, gonna, he's talking to the church here. He's talking to the church of Thessalonia, right? I believe, let me see what church he's talking to. This is, this is actually the church of Sardis. And so, um, so he's talking to the church of Chardis, Sardis, which way, was way back in time, right? So even in the historical complex, that kind of moves it through the historist viewpoint, or you're talking about what I believe it was talking to that actual church back then. Um, it's not talking about those who conquered the beast um, in the, the tribulation period time. It's talking about, in, in my opinion here, it would, it would be talking about them back then. So it could be talking about all believers. That's what it says. We quote this all the time, talking about all believers, right? What does it say? The one who conquers, what happens? I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Wow. Does that just blow your mind? To think that not only... Did Jesus go sit in the throne with the Father? <laughs> that we will be sitting on the throne with Jesus. That is pretty cool. And that puts a little bit more, wow, what's going on here? That, that, that I, Then I saw thrones and seated with them were those who the authority to judge was committed. Are we going to be sitting on the thrones with Jesus? Um, we're not going to be, it's not going to be these tribulation period, people, it looks like. So even though, and so, the, so that would say that the rest of the dead did not come until come and uh, could not come to life until the thousand years were ended that's why i believe that this here is most likely talking about those who did not accept christ so if you've accepted christ and you're one with christ and, and you're dead you could be coming down right here which i believe is the second this the the the, the 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 second coming right before the millennial i believe the rapture potentially even happened before that but we're in heaven so you so you raptured us then we're in heaven, we're sitting on the thrones, we're coming at and judging with Jesus. And we get to bring these tribulation saints in with us. Is that not exciting? Before the rest of the dead come and get judged, before the great throne judgment. This is the first resurrection. So I believe we're gonna be in heaven if, we're, if we die before the tribulation, right? Um, or die before the millennium. And that we're going to be in the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such a second death has no power. But they will, so that second death is being thrown in the lake of fire, right? So to me, that applies to us all. Over such a second death has no power, but they will be priests of God um, uh, and of Christ, and they will reign for him for a thousand years. So another evidence of that, that my interpretation of what I just said is true, is look at, um, um, well, I just did that. He conquered, we conquered and that we are good to sit on the, the throne with him, right? And uh, how beautiful. <laughs> I just love, I just love digging into this. Um, and to think that we all are gonna be part of this first resurrection before the millennial starts and we're gonna be able to be, enjoy this, this, this thousand years of peace, whether we die before or after the millennial. As long as we didn't give into the beast and get that mark on us or we rejected Christ before we died, before the tribulation period. We will get to participate. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are the one who shares in the first resurrection. Their second death has no power over us, and we will be priests with God. That's a, that's a verse I was trying to look at. There's, a, there's one where I talk, I talk about the priests. Let me see if I can find that. Um, but, it, but it clearly says that we are going to be priests with him, right? He made it made a kingdom of priests. So I'll find, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm going to find it as I go through the rest of this teaching. Um, the second death has no power. Priest of God, there it is. Awesome. It's Revelation 1, all the way back in chapter 1 that we studied. And from 
Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to God the Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So what's that saying? Is he freed us by what? His blood, that's what we talked about. His blood covering us so that they see the perfect life of Christ and we become this kingdom and we're priests of God the Father. And what does this say in verse 20? It literally says, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and they will reign with him for a thousand years. So I believe we are gonna be part of this thousand years. Now, Tim LaHaye does a little bit different where he's saying that this is only going to be the people that died in the tribulation is gonna be, uh, and we, we have to wait that thousand years. Nah, <laughs> too much evidence there. Because why? He's knocking at the door, we accepted him, right? We just saw that. Uh, right and uh, right here and he's gonna and we we conquer because we didn't we didn't uh, reject Christ and and what what does it get us we were granted to be on his throne and then also what are we we are priests to God for father why because he's loved us and his freedom from the sin and blood we get to be part of this thousand years of Christ Woo! <laughs> is that not exciting it's exciting we talked about the seven views, and uh, we're going to get through seven and ten, verse seven through ten, the defeat of Satan here. Again, different views where um, this battle, um, uh, premillennialists like me think it's a separate battle from what we see in, in that we already studied in verse sixteen and nineteen. While millennialists would say it's the same battle, right? Again, um, but I think um, again it, that's why there's these different points of view, point to very different timelines, and uh, that's why we can't depend on certain timelines and when things are going to happen we just always need to be prepared always be prepared get close to the lord make sure that you are covered by his blood and you your, your sins are forgiven you're always repenting of your sins and you're always getting close to god you're listening to god you're worshiping like we are doing here in fact i'm, I'm going to move to a couple of worship songs uh, before we finish up this last part okay um we did mighty to save now we're going to get into this mighty way maker man if he can do this Think of what he can do with our lives. We don't have to be stressed out about things. He's the big way maker. Things that are impossible, he can make happen, right? So, uh, Annette, do you want to do this one too? Do you mind? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, you are way maker, miracle worker. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19 to 26. You are here moving in our midst. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 3:16. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. 2 Timothy 1.14 You are here working in this place. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. John 5.17 Promise keeper, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Romans 4.21 Yes, wow. He's moving in our midst. 
He's working in this place. He's our promise keeper. He is also our way maker. It's worship.
not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. Mm. Truth. <laughs> We're going to go now to what a beautiful name. This video literally every single scene is a name represents a name of Jesus. Rose of Sharon right there. You can see the rose in the video. So every video is going to represent and there's going to be a little thing right above the scriptures that show you what it's representing. Just real quickly, it just comes on and off. So watch that as you just see this beautiful video of all the names of Jesus. What a beautiful, wonderful, and powerful name it is. Jesus Christ, my King. Nothing compares to this. The mysteries of our God, God once hidden for generations, have now been revealed through Jesus. That's Col Colossians 1.26. Second verse in this song talks about you were the Word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory revealed in you are Christ. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember, John 14 says, And the Word became flesh. It's talking about Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. <laughs> My sin was great, but your love was greater. Colossians 2.14, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Mm-hmm. This is the beautiful promises we have of this name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, for you are raised to life again. What can separate us now? So Romans 8, 38-39 talks about, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor anything in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God. Let's worship to what a beautiful name and watch the names of Jesus come up on each scene. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the bright morning star.
all these names were scenes in that video. The Rose of Sharon, the bright morning star, the creator, our savior, the lamb of God, the bread of life, king of kings, the beginning and the end, the root of David, the hope of nations, Emmanuel, redeemer, the son of man, our advocate, the word, the good shepherd, fountain of living water, the rock, the true vine, the chief cornerstone, mediator of the covenant, the just judge, the resurrection and the life, the lion of the tribe of Judah, son of righteousness, the lily of the valley, the way, the truth, and the life, the door, author and finisher of our faith, the amen, the prince of peace, the humble king, the image of God, the king of Israel, the exalted one, the servant king, the carpenter, man of sorrows, the bridegroom, the light of the world, miracle worker, the great I am, that's Jesus. I don't know you know about you, but I love um, love this music. <laughs> uh, I could I literally could do this uh, for hours and hours, and uh, that's one reason we're preparing for this. We really believe there's going to be some type of revival when we get into our praise and prayer, where sometimes we hear just incredible testimonies and incredible praises of what God's doing in people's lives and miracles, signs and wonders that are happening. And as people talk about those on Mondays and Thursday nights. We believe sometimes our little hour and a half, 90 minute praise and prayer might go for hours and maybe even days eventually. That's why um, I'm asking for volunteers to come and help me be producers some in different parts of the world. So when we're sleeping here in the U.S., uh, the praise and prayer is still going, right? I really believe that it's going to hit this ministry at some point in time. And plus this ministry's vision is to have these Zoom groups ready, uh, hundreds of these Zoom groups ready for hurting people that physically are damaged and uh, mentally are damaged when they really wake up to what Big Pharma has done to them, what these little cabals done to them. And we need to prepare for that. And that's what this ministry is about, is, is, is creating people that are willing to love on others and pray for them from a transformational healing and healing perspective, right? Both emotionally and physically. And um, we're getting ready for this, this great awakening and it's going to be painful for many people and we need to be there to love on them and bring them to Christ and also to have the supernatural Jehovah Rapha touch them and uh, the and and really pray for them from a Jehovah Jireh perspective and they're when many people can't work anymore and they're going into all kinds of problems uh, based on this evil that's a bit that's hitting the world but that is going to end up being yeah moving to a great revival too and uh, if you're interested in supporting this ministry, we'd love, we're putting a partner um, program together. Partner program is going to be um, all about you uh, basically giving, giving on a monthly basis so that you can reap. That's one of the biblical concepts for sure. But more importantly, is we just want to be praying for you uh, specifically as a partner and really um, giving you more frequent updates so you know exactly how we're building this kingdom. We really want to expand the platforms. Um, we uh, went from 110,000 subscribers on YouTube. We only have like 32,000, a little less than 32,000 on Rumble. We need and and we get killed from on YouTube, killed on Facebook. So we need to put a marketing plan together and really get our word out. And uh, so 
So we've got these cool reels and, and shorts and things that can go out that can go out on these other platforms to move people into the Rumble channel, move people into this ministry, move people into the neighborhood, move people into backstage. And that's going to take just some investment to make sure that we're expanding the kingdom and getting ready for this great exodus. So um, there's, a, there's links down below for, um, I think it's blessedteach.com slash donations. Um, what this partner program is going to come together here over the next couple of weeks and we'll be announcing and how how you can really be part of this ministry and fill it, get updates on it and uh, get involved if you want in more detail or if you just uh, want to pray and be financially part of it. Um, we want to make sure we're lifting you up um, that this, go, this great Jehovah Jireh is going to bless you but also um, this great Jehovah Rapha which is a great healer is going to keep you healthy. And uh, our partners are going to be a real key part of being a blessing to millions in the future, I believe. Uh, so let's dig it back into this here and this Rick uh, on this on this uh, um, last part of the defeat of Satan. Right, verse seven says, "When a thousand years had ended, Satan will be released from his prison, and will come and to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle." They're number is like the sand of the sea uh, and they marched over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city but fire came down from heaven and consumed them and remember in the other battle on 16 verse 16 and 19 that we i'm sorry chapters 16 and 19 that we studied it was a sword out of his mouth and blood came uh, and, and wiped everybody out so to me this is a separate battle and consumed them, and the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so you can see that beast and false prophet were thrown here, but not Satan. So that's the the white throne judgment is going to be where the Satan goes down. So um, I think it's it's fun to just dig into some some of these verses. So this is that was seven through ten. And um, again, I think it's a separate battle. Amelius would say it's the same battle, right? The, and so that, that's, that's some of the different views I want to make sure people are aware of. But if you look at the white throne judgment that we're going to get into, um, you can go back to Daniel. You say, as I look, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. Was His throne was fiery flames. Its wheels were burning fire. So obviously this Ancient of Days, this is the Father, I believe, coming down with Jesus and his right hand. Um, and uh, and really, I think this whole thing is going to point to when, when they throw him into the fire here, um, when we get into verse 11. Um, and let's, let's go back to that because I don't think I read 11 yet. No, I didn't. Here we go. So this is, this is what I want to dig into a little bit more. So this is the great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And we just saw that from Daniel, right? From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And so if I just look at verse, verse 11 here, talking about this great throne, um, I think this is when this, the, the, when the, when this happens, the, when they throw them into the great fire. This is really pointing to the seventh trumpet, right? The seventh judgment um, here where the seventh trumpet says, the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of Christ and shall reign forever and ever. 
And that's kind of what we're looking at right here as we're di digging into this. Um, when we talk about the books, we, we go back to Daniel again in Daniel 7.10. It says, And the stream of fire issued and came out of from before him. A thousand thousand served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. You can see right here. So Daniel, way back in the book of Daniel, was pointing to the same time that the book, book of um, Revelation of what John saw here, as well as these books being opened here in the great white throne judgment. And what's interesting about this is, um, as people are being judged, we can look at other scriptures that talk about this too. 2 Corinthians 5.10 talks about, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So some of this is gonna be rewards. Some of this is gonna be um, obviously, for those who didn't accept Christ, it's gonna, they're, they're going to end up being, they're not in the book of life. So, guys, make sure you're in the book of life. The only way you do that is through accepting Christ as your Savior. You're, he's the only way to the Father. You do not want to go before the judgment seat of Christ and uh, they, so that each one may receive what, if you're, if, they're, if they're doing it on our works, our personal human works, you can't get to heaven. So it's not going to work. You have to have the perfect life of Christ and have have uh, that life be the advocate for you and the blood covering you. That is what allows you to escape this judgment that 2 Corinthians is talking about. Now, let's jump into the next verses here where it says, And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged. So that's pretty much everybody. He's talking about death and Hades and the sea, each one of them according to what they had done. Right? So again, you do not want to be judged by what you have done from a perspective of getting to heaven or hell and being in the book of life or not. You want to be in that book of life. The blood of Christ covers you, so you're in the book of life. And also, you're going to get rewards for what you've done. The Bible talks about that too. The death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death the lake of fire. Remember, we just read that the second death has no power over us as we're reigning a thousand years, as we're resurrected in the first resurrection, right? And if anyone's name was not found in the book of life, he was thrown into that fire. That is a huge judgment, guys. And uh, we do, you do not want to be part of that, right? You want to be, instead, just how many rewards are you going to get, <laughs> right? Uh, and you, you do not want to be in that lake of fire for sure. And so this talks about um, in 1 Corinthians 3, 14 and 15, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. So not only do you get to go to heaven and be with Christ and reign the thousand years, I believe, you also get rewards when after this white throne judgment, after the thousand years get to the white throne judgment. And if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So some people will get saved and have zero rewards because they really, you know, they got saved but didn't really do, do anything for the Lord. So you want to also be living for Him. Obviously, if you love Him, you're going to do works. Uh, um, so this, uh, that finishes up the book and the next chapter is going to get into some beautiful things that we'll be talking about on Monday, tomorrow night, right? And uh, if you get to chapter 21, let me just go to chapter 21 real quick. And you're going to start now seeing about some very cool things that everybody's going to want to be part of, right? And that is where we're going to talk about the new heaven and the new earth. 
and we're going to be talking about the New Jerusalem. That's all, everything we're going to be stud, studying Monday night. So join me Monday night um, right before praise and prayer. We're going to be teaching on the new heaven and new earth and the new Jerusalem, right? And um, you'll see in 21-27, one of the favorite verses is, but nothing unclean will ever enter it or anything that doesn't does what is detestable or false but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's where I want to end this. I just want to end this with a call for you to make sure you're in that Lamb's Book of Life. You do not want to be in the lake of fire and you want to be ready for Christ's coming um, at any time, right? Or for you to just die accidentally. The whole hit by a bus thing, right, comes to mind. If something happens to you quickly, you do not want to wait and delay. Don't delay, don't delay. The Lord told me that several times. Um, for us, and that goes to the remnant as well, to really be spending time alone with him, to be in his word and be worshiping him. And that's how he's going to communicate with you to make sure your path straight, right? If you want your path straight, you need to be spending time with him. Um, but you definitely, if you have not accepted Christ as your personal savior now, um, you want to be in the side of the first resurrection. You want to be in the side of reigning with him for a thousand years. You want to be in the side of going to the new earth and the new heaven and the new Jerusalem. And you do not want to be thrown into the lake of fire, obviously, right? And the only way to the Father is through Jesus. It's very clear. Jesus says it himself in red letters, right? Clearly showing, hey, no one comes to the Father except through me. And those are Jesus' words. And then, then he gives huge promises. Like in John 14, 12, where he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. He wants to work through you. He, could, he sends the Holy Spirit to you. And he even says, and greater works will he do than these. Because I'm going to the Father. He went to the Father, ascended. He sent his Holy Spirit down here, and he's offering that to you. It's a pretty simple choice. 100% Jesus it's not anything to do with you. Zero percent you. It's a hundred percent faith. That's what gets you to heaven. Satan wants to mess it up and complicate it and say all these other things that you have to do and works. But Ephesians 2, 8, 9 clearly tells us that you're saved by grace through faith. It's not from yourself. It's a gift of God. It's a free gift of God. Not by works. So that no one can boast. All is equal at the foot of the cross. He said, admit you're a sinner for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Remember that. The wages of sin is death, says Romans 6.23. So we're all going to hell, and the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ. That's why 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. How cool is that? And God demonstrated his own love for you. And you see it says that in Romans 5.8. He says, but God demonstrated his own love in this. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ died for you. And it's a free gift he's offering you. You don't have to do anything for it, so just accept it. So do that right now. Don't delay. Don't be thrown into the lake of fire. Don't uh, be, be with him for a thousand years. Be with us in the new, new earth and new Jerusalem and the new, new heavens. And most of all, even work for him to get some rewards. How awesome is that? So just to say this prayer after me, it's pretty simple. It's 100% faith. Again, it's not about you thinking this. It's your heart. The 18 inches they talk about it. Right? Remember, 
Satan believes Jesus is, 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 is who he is. So do the demons. They know he's his, he, who he is. That's why they, they have to obey him. But they're not saved because they didn't believe in their heart. So say this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting me know that I and everyone fall short of the glory of God. We all sinned. I've sinned. Lord, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I repent of the sins. And Lord, I say what Romans 10, 9 says, that if I confess or declare with my mouth, and I'm doing it right now, with my mouth, I'm saying it out loud, Jesus is the Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. If I do that, you say I'm saved. So thank you for saving me. Lord, show me how to live for you. Thank you for sending me the Holy Spirit so I can live this world. You say that in this world we will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Thank you for overcoming the world for me. I love you and I say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, if you said that, go ahead and communicate with us at info at blessedteach.com. Info at blessedteach.com. We'd love to hear from you. We have uh, the New Testament with the Constitution. Um, that'd be kind of a free gift for you. Um, just go info at blessedteach.com. Um, boy, what a, what a beautiful time. We're going to go uh, finish up with one, one last song. You know, uh, this is a little bit longer service based upon just how much material we have to cover in the most controversial chapter in all the Bible, right? Uh, we usually try to do this an hour and a half, and I think we're, we're at two hours now. But I just wanted to thank you for joining us. And uh, one of the things he told me for the remnant, for you guys who really believe in Jesus and you want to get closer to God, you want to be part of this great awakening, great exodus, great harvest that's coming, he's clearly said to me in the blog, make sure everybody's putting first things first, that you're you're prioritizing God first. You know, like Vince Lombardi said, God, family, football, right? God's first, your family's second, and then your work is third, right? Put God first, and that means you have to, every day, prioritize time to get in the Word. Every day, prioritize time alone with Him, and then be worshiping Him on a regular basis. That's why we do this four days a week, Monday and Thursday, we do praise and prayer with this beautiful worship videos. And we do the same thing on Friday at 5 o'clock with Word and Worship. Where we're going to the book of John. And yesterday we actually went through Rosh Hashanah and the Biblical New Year, Feast of Trumpets. And then uh, on Sunday, every morning at 10 a.m. Again, that's four times you can worship with us. But putting first things first, and that's what we're going to end with.